Parsha Shlach is perhaps most famous for being the headquarters of the tragic Chet Hamaraglim. It's also perhaps well known for the passage that appears at the very end, the Parsha of Tzitzis, the third paragraph in Kriyashima. However, perhaps less known is Parsha Shlach for the other very famous text that appears in the Parsha, a text that is made more famous by our recitation of Slichos. In our Slichos, we quote the words that Moshe Rabbeinu daven to Hashem in the fallout of the Chet HaMaraglim, and we read as follows, And then we add the words, And then the words that Hashem responded, The question is, what do all of these words mean? So just a straight read, that Hashem, you should please forgive the iniquity of this people, this nation, according to the greatness, according to the, the greatness of your kindness, and just as you have forgiven this people, this nation in the past, from the time that they left Egypt, until now. And Hashem's response, I have forgiven you like your words, or I have forgiven you according to your words. The question is, according to which words exactly has Hashem forgiven the Bnei Yisrael? As we look through the Mepharshim, we'll see it's not so clear, but we'll only know for sure when we enter that other dimension. One not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Josh, and Sod. So journey with me into a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to Parsha Pardes, or Parsha Paradise, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where this week's Parsha is Parsha Shlach. And if you enjoy sharing like this and others and want to partner up with us and give us a sponsorship, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the database, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com to make your sponsorship today. Or if you just have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations for a share like this and others and you want to reach out for that reason, also, thedatabase at gmail.com. While we're here, I'll also mention that the Database Podcast has a WhatsApp group where you can get frequent updates for all of the shiurim that are uploaded. They're also sent to the WhatsApp group where you can receive schedules for upcoming shiurim or all the links for every shiur that comes out. Okay, in the meantime, we look back at Parsha Shlach, where we are at the fallout of the Chet HaMaraglim. And the question, very simple question, is when Hashem says, Salach Kidvarecha, what exactly did He mean? I have forgiven you according to your words. Hashem could have just said, Salach I have forgiven. Kidvarecha says, supposedly, that Moshe Rabbeinu said something that clicked, something that worked. And the question is, what was it? And if we look at the Mepharshim, just to get the Pashib shot, it's not exactly so clear because Moshe Rabbeinu makes more than one argument. And you might suggest that Salach Kidvarecha means that I've forgiven you according to all of the things that you just said. However, most of the Mepharshim don't seem to suggest that it was every single one of Moshe Rabbeinu's arguments that hit home. It was only one argument, but the question is which one? So let's just backtrack a little bit. Let's look at the Psukim from a, more of a, a sky view, bird's eye view. And in Parak Yud Dalid, Psukim Yud Gimel to Tez Zion 13 to 16, we have Moshe Rabbeinu repeating a very similar argument that he made in Parshas Kisisa after the Cheta Egel. There, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lama Yomer Mitzrayim, why should Mitzrayim say that Hashem was trying to destroy us? However, Moshe Rabbeinu's argument now is, what will the Goyim say? What will the nations of the world say 
when they see that Hashem has destroyed this entire people, must be that Hashem did not have the capabilities of bringing them all the way into Eretz Yisrael and conquering the, the kings that live in the land of Canaan. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says in those early psukim. Then, Moshe Rabbeinu continues his argument in psukim Yud Zayin Tiyarches, where, where he says, show your koach, and he says, you should be Erech HaPayim Rav Chesed, invoking many, but not all, of the 13 Midos HaRachamim. And then, in Pasuk Yotas, that was the Pasuk that we recited earlier, Slachna, Lavon, Hamazek, Yigodel, Chastecha, and so on and so forth. And then Pasuk Chav was Salach, Tikitvarecha. So the question, once again, is which words did Hashem respond to? So, and the reason why this uh, this question, by the way, is so pressing is that we have taken these two Pesukim and have stuffed them into our liturgy. We recite them all the time. And so the question is, when we recite these words, what arguments are we hoping that Hashem is going to forgive us in accordance to? So if we go with the straight read offered by Rashi based on the Bamidbar Rabbah um, in um, Tazayin uh, Chavbez, it doesn't actually seem like such a flattering and encouraging argument. Because according to Rashi, Salachli Kidvarecha is harking back to Moshe's argument in the beginning of what will the nation say. In other words, Hashem is not forgiving us because of mercy that he wants to show us or the kindness that is in his essence, but it's because of a grander argument, a grander argument namely of what the nations of the world are going to say, that this is going to somehow go against Hashem's plan. It's going to create a chil Hashem of sorts, and that's why Hashem is going to forgive us. And if that's true... It's a really uh, um, it's, it's a disheartening thing for us to be saying in our slichos. However, if you look at several other mafarshim, Alpi Pashib Shat, the Rashbam, the Bukhor Shor, the Chizkuni, the Sefarno, the Malbim, they all say that the word Salachti Kidvarecha is going back on the Pusik that immediately preceded um, the, the Hashem statement of Salachti Kidvarecha. And namely, the psukim right before, which is asking Hashem to be Erechapayim, the Rav Chesed, and then forgive us just like He's forgiven us up until now from the time that we went to, that, that we left Mitzrayim. So they all say that this is what Hashem was responding to, that Slachti Kidvarecha, and this is probably the Pashup shot of those who put this into our liturgy, that we're saying, um, that we're saying that Hashem should be slow to anger, should be patient with us, and that's what Hashem is responding to. All these mafarshim, they also, they, they add, it's a, 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 not an unimportant point, but it's a point that they all mention, which makes it very important, is that Hashem is also saying that, yeah, I'm going to be slow to anger, I'm not going to destroy you all at once, I will destroy you over the next 40 years, your children will be able to go into the land. So Hashem, in fact, even in that version of the argument, is not saying that He's going to completely withhold. So even then, you know, we say this in our liturgy, and we have to have that understanding that just because Hashem says, Salachi, that I forgive you, does not mean that there isn't going to be a consequence. But something did hit home, and according to these Mepharshim, the Pashup Shah is that Hashem is, is conceding to the argument, um, not of what the nations will say necessarily, but that Hashem is going to be willing to show slowness to anger at this time. Now, as far as Remez is concerned, the Chizkuni mentions that if you look at the words, Salachti um, Kidvarecha, the words Kidvarecha, uh, like your words, or according to your words, is missing a letter Yud. Normally, according to regular rules of Dikduk, it should say Kidvarecha with a Yud before the Chaf at the end. However, 
So he explains the Chizkuni, when the Pasuk says here that Salach the Kid I've forgiven you like your words, he means like your words, but not quite precisely the way your words are. In other words, I won't entirely forgive their Avon or wipe them clean, but I will in fact hold on to it. Indeed, I won't punish their kids, but they will be punished. That's the remez, just from one missing letter, says the Chizkuni. Slachti kid v'rechav, not entirely as your words. The drash, we have a couple of interesting drashos. Um, one from the Nitziv, who actually drives home what Rashi was saying earlier, about how Rashi makes the point that Hashem is capitulating, so to speak, to the argument of what the nations will say, not because of uh, not because of his midos, right? In other words, and this is based on the Gemara and Brachos Lamed Beis Aleph, Hashem conceded to Moshe's own argument, not to his uh, own, not to Hashem's own midos, but what the nations will say. Now, a question, a very fair question that you could ask is, you know, why was this argument of Moshe's not Hashem's original das, right? You could say that Hashem is. Um, giving in now because, hey, that's, an, that's a good point. What are the nations going to say? They're going to say that I'm weak. Now, again, this was true before Moshe said it. So why does, you know, why does Moshe saying it make a difference? And you could argue that the way it works really is that when Din suggests that the Bnei Israel should be wiped out, so Din doesn't care about the argument of what the nations are going to say. So when Hashem decides to override the Din, the question is, what is causing that override of Din? Is it out of Rachamim? Is it out of Chesed? According to Rashi and according to the Nitziv, in this case, it's not. Unlike the other Mepharshim who are saying that Hashem is being just stam, slow to anger, but apparently it's out of Hashem's master plan. Hashem's master plan of there should be a Kiddush Hashem in the world, people should know Hashem's strength. It is because of that that Hashem says, okay, you know what, I'm going to put Din aside. Din which should destroy them, and I'm going to hold off because of the master plan, but not because of Rachman per se. While we're still on Drash, the Das, the Kanem, the Riva, and the Rush, they all suggest another interesting um, um, Drasha, um, based on the Tanchuma and Kisisa, 31.1, Lamed Aleph Aleph, and the Midrash Agada, Vayikra, Tezayin, Lamed, 16.30. And they both explain that when, um, that based on Moshe Rabbeinu's argument, which once again was, um, Moshe references that you've forgiven them from the time that they left Mitzrayim. So these Mepharshim, they explain that when Hashem, um, um, when the fact that Hashem had forgiven them earlier, Hashem references that in Salachti Kedvarecha, as if to say, I'm forgiving you like your words. In other words, the words that you stated, so I gave you one time, once upon a time, in, in Parshas Kisisa, I gave you a Yom Kippur to forgive you for the Chet Egel, and that same day can help for the Chet HaMaraglim. In other words, Kid like the words you just said about how you left Mitzrayim, and I forgave you even then, so Hashem is saying we could invoke that, even, and, and we could tap into that even at a later time. While we're also on Drash, I'll mention another Medrash in the Bamid Barabbas, 1628, so that's Tezayin Chavches, another very fascinating um, argument made by Moshe, where the Medrash says like this, Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu, Moshe, Achelo, Sam Lefanaiha, Hashem says, I'm going to destroy them. Amar Lefan of Moshe responds, Rebono Shalom, Matam Ma'arich Af, you are slow to anger. Ve'eved, Emiyo Ma'asib Tovim, V'yehei Shomei'a L'Rabbo, V'yehei Rabbo Mestakibo, V'seiver Panam Yafos. So, E'en Ma'asik in L'Rabbo Tova. If an Eved is doing everything that his master says, and the master smiles at him, he has Seiver Panam Yafos, so the Eved's not going to be particularly... Um, I'm grateful for it because the Eved's doing everything right. So why should it, why shouldn't the master smile at him? 
But when are they going to be machzik tov? When are they going to have a karis tov? When the eved dafka is doing the wrong thing, and nonetheless, and and the master still smiles at him. So therefore, says Moshe, don't look at them in their in their their stubbornness, but rather, um, but, but rather you should. Forgive them. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds, I'm going to forgive them because of you. In other words, Kedvarecha, according to this drasha, sounds like Hashem is saying, it's out of Moshe Rabbeinu's because of your arguments, Kedvarecha, but not necessarily because they deserve it, um, but but because of, because of Moshe Rabbeinu standing up for them, that's why Hashem is forgiving them. Finally, as we move on to Sod, we have the Megala Amukos in Lamed Aleph, Aleph 31.1, where he explains Moshe Rabbeinu's words, which, which Hashem is capitulating to, that Hashem is exchanged with Moshe with regards to Moshe Rabbeinu's various arguments over the years that Moshe, Hashem is saying to Moshe, based on your usages of the word no, right? Slach no la'avon ha'amazek, yodel chasdecha. So Hashem is saying, according to your word usage, which we'll explain what that means in a second, that's what I'm forgiving. This could be thought of also as a sequel to last week's Parsha part. This where we had Moshe Benu's tefillah for Miriam, where he also had the word no twice in there. So listen to what the Megala Muko says about this one. So he says that Moshe Benu various times over the generations had used the word, over the years, he used the word no, and sometimes he used it in a negative context. When he said in Parsha Shemos, Shlach no, biad tishlach, Hashem, don't send me, please send someone else. And also, when he said in Parshas Bahalos, uh, in uh, Parshas Chukas, Shimu no hamorim, that he'll listen now, you you rebels, which was just what happened before he hit the rock. These were two times he sinned with the word no. So now we're referencing two times that he davened with the word no. Mecheni no mesifrecha, lamed beiz, lamed beiz in Shemos, in Parshas Kisisa, erase me please from your book, or erase me now from your book. And by the Meraglim in our context, slach no lavonavazeh. And he says, forgive now for... Um, for for your people, so Moshe Rabbeinu wants the two usages of the word "na" to atone for times he sinned in the past, and hopefully this generation should still be able to enter Eretz Yisrael, and Moshe Rabbeinu himself should still be able to enter Eretz Yisrael. But Hashem says, According to your words, yes, I'm going to forgive you, but it will only help you so far. Why? Because. The reason, once again, being that because Moshe Rabbeinu said no twice in a negative light, and then he said it twice in a positive light, so the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah couldn't be fully accepted was that even though in Parshas Vashchanan he says, Ebrona, please let me cross, Hashem says, Ravloch, it's too much for you. Because even though, once again, you had two no's that were negative, two no's that were positive, which maybe can cancel them out, but there was a third time that you said no, and it was in a negative context, which was back in last week's parsha, Parshas Baaloscha, where Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hargini no harog, please kill me if you're not going to tend to my problem that I'm dealing with now, the Bnei Israel, their complaints, the food, etc., so in that vein, Hashem says, I've forgiven you in accordance with your words, but of course, it can only go so far, and it won't go as far as you want it to, unfortunately. 
You know, at the end of the day, we dive into Hashem. We ask Hashem to forgive us, and we ask Him with all the possible potential kavanos that maybe it's best in, in, in interests of Hashem's master plan. Maybe Hashem can show us whatever mercy we can muster, even if we don't deserve it. Or, or maybe it is all of the kavanos in one, and we're just throwing out whatever we can at that point. The the power of the seaboard, the power of Hashem's mercy, and maybe perhaps the argument that we're going to do better, we're going to do our best. But at the end of the day, that's that's the goal. The goal is to dive into Hashem with full hearts and hope that whichever of the arguments, that Hashem will respond. Thank you for joining us here at the database.